This is Spawn on Me cast. We're coming to you straight out of Chicago. This is episode two, Beta Boogaloo. Chicago. I'm, ex- um, I'm super excited. This is Khalif Adams. I'm here with my co-host uh, <clears throat> Cicero Holmes. Yeah. Chilling, literally. We are brought to you and sponsored by the Polar Vortex this week. <laughs> we, we're, tr- we're trying to not die, right? Oh and, man, and try to try to bring you some right. good gaming news while in the in the, in the middle of all that. Literally, um, literally, Ka, I am looking out of my balcony window, and all I see is snow. Literally, all I see is snow. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous right now. It has been stupidly cold. It has been like that for almost two weeks, at least, from what I can tell. Yeah. And I'm not digging it. I'm not happy. Yeah. We talked about this in the pre, <clears throat> pre-production, pre-recording cast that we usually do that runs probably longer than the real cast that we do. <laughs> and of the numerous topics, and I wish you all could be a part and privy to all the things that we talk about. One of the funniest things that we just talked about is how, during a short period of time, when Rhythm Nation came out, how everyone tried to get the hand signal, the hand countdown, exactly how Janet got it. And how I think right now that if you are the person who wants to discuss Black History Month, that secret handshake needs to be something that's in there where you have to walk, walk, walk up to somebody else, do the hand, do the hand countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. And then, uh, and then two, walk away. Right. I think that needs to be a part of Black History Month in some form or fashion. And if you are yes. hearing this podcast, which you should be, Subscribe because we are now on iTunes. Yay! Yay! Uh, you will know that we have our second episode, and it is in the thralls of Black History Month. So I'm dope, and I'm happy, and I'm hoping that all of you are dope about Black History Month because we hopefully will bring you some cool um, guests during this Black History Month that will talk about their games and how they're influencing all those bits and pieces. So stay tuned, and uh, we hope that you hopefully will stay with us and listen and all that good stuff. So. Uh, we're going to break down some things this week. Uh, it's been a really good week. I want to do some house cleaning before we get into the shoe dabble uh, for episode two. And I want to thank all of you who listened, who downloaded, who came through, gave us awesome feedback for the show because it totally blew us away. Yeah. I, we are extremely happy and elated at all the good all the good fortune and, and, and listens and downloads that we've gotten just for my first podcast, which has been amazing. So yeah, yeah. yeah. humbled, humbled is, is, is another really, really good word. Um, if I could, if I could say something, I, I've, I've never done this before. Um, you know, I'm still wet behind the ears and, and Kai has been, has been guiding me along, but, uh, the amount of positive feedback and and feedback in general that that I've received from my friends and from you know new friends um, has been amazing. So thank you very from the bottom of my heart. Thank you very much for listening and for paying attention to what these two idiots have to say. And uh, <laughs> you know, welcome to Bracago. Bracago is where it all goes down, and we are still exactly. in the polar vortex. So yes. un- understand yes. that and know right. that that is a part of the right. deal. We hope that right. you are warm wherever you are. So, yeah, please, please stay warm. Um, so let's kick it in and let's get into the first shoe dabble topic. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. One thing I forgot. We want to send out a signal, <clears throat> a signal boost uh, for our friend Jamie over at Black Girl Nerds. Absolutely. Um, she had a really unfortunate 
um, house fire and lost many and probably most of her belongings. Um, we're going to post a, uh, we posted an article about it on the site, but we're also going to, in our next episode, once this goes live, uh, give the link for the GoFundMe link. Uh, so you can please help her out and her folks right. and family. Yeah. Cause she is an, an amazing person in the community of blurdom and nerddom and blackness. So we want right. to make sure that we help and support her, uh, in her time of need. So, uh, remember, uh, we're going to put that up right at the end, uh, and go over to black girl nerds and, and hang out, hang out with them, become a part of the community and share some of their good stories and their, their blur chats that they have every week. Cause they do a lot of dope stuff. Right. Uh, on a consistent basis so um, even want- even if you're not a black girl nerd yeah absolutely you're all, all all are welcome yeah all, all, all absolutely we need to have everyone team up and help out uh when we okay. can um and we're gonna get into the first topic which is the craziness that's been going on with microsoft microsoft has been leaking like a bad ship right. all the craziness <laughs> that's been going on for them uh there's like halo 5 topic so there was a neogaf there was a neogaf uh post that someone put up who was a supposedly insider who was in microsoft and they basically talked about lots of stuff that no one is supposed to know but this guy knew and some sources kind of verified little bits and pieces of what was going on and some of those were like halo 5 coming out sometime soon a remake to halo 2 yeah uh, a driverless xbox one which i think would be super dopeness i think they really would be cool if that happened um and we went over the story and looked at it and it it seems like a lot of those things are kind of verifiable in some aspects you know all everything comes out as a rumor at first but if you have some some people in there who kind of know what's going on and they can give some more detail it gives more validity to the story so i don't know what do you think see well uh i mean the first first things is uh the driveless xbox one was as rumor has it as another rumor has it is what they were originally planning for the xbox one and what happened was the backlash after their their announcement prior to e3 made them go back and revisit adding a blu-ray drive now i'm you know i'm of two minds with this I love the fact that my my Xbox One has a Blu-ray drive on it, so the three or four times a year that I decide to play a Blu-ray disc, I can actually watch it in my living room with this Blu-ray player that I now have. Um, but on the other hand, one of the you know the addition of the addendums to the discless rumor is that there was going to be a terabyte hard drive in the discless uh, Xbox One. So that would have been, I think, even better, maybe, than actually having a Blu-ray player. Um, so it would have been really nice to have a, if I had, you know, best of both worlds, Blu-ray drive and a terabyte hard drive. But um, maybe when, if and when the discless X1 comes out, I may wind up selling my, uh, I may hit the corner with with my current <laughs> X, X1 and you know I got you I got you you know just just you know come holler at me and uh and I'll get the discless one if it's got a terabyte hard drive cuz that would be nice I wonder um, though the one the one question I have is one is it going to to be um connectless <laughs> and what's the price point for it if it's cheaper 
with with it just not having a drive, then that would totally be worth it. If not, does that still scare people off even more? Because I don't think people are necessarily ready for straight digital, but also there's no real incentive besides the fact that, that you have no physical discs and, and the terabyte drive. If that's like a real, if that's a real thing. Right yeah. now there will never. And I, I, I'm saying it here. They've said it other places. I'm saying it here again. There will never. And the stubs means never <laughs> be a connectless Xbox one. The Connect is such an integral part. You've heard it here of, first. Right, exactly. And you'll hear it here again. It's such an integral part of the 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 entire Xbox One experience that you will not be able to find one without a Connect. It, it I mean it it doesn't function without a Connect. And uh in so much that I had I had a friend who bought an Xbox One got his Xbox one was reticent to put his connect on. And I, I convinced him to, to put it on and his connect stopped working after about three weeks or so. And it took him a week to get a replacement from, from Microsoft. And he was losing his mind, losing his mind. And this was a convert and he could not believe what it was like to not have his connect. It's such it's so important to have uh, that they will not they will not ever sell it without it. Even if people don't make games for it, it it will be there. I th- it will be there. I mean, that was part of the conversation when people started to think about the Xbox One as a, as a system that they were going to have in their home as the middle of their entertainment system, and were really worried about. That was one of the first things I worried about when they had the, the you have to have a connect with it is if one component breaks then you have to ship the whole thing in as opposed to if my PS4 dies tomorrow or if my camera dies tomorrow, I won't have to trade it. I won't have to send in my PS4 for everything to work. That's a little right. bit, that's a little bit crazy, but we knew that this going, we knew this going in. It's right. just, it just to hear it in a real way makes me still even more worried that they still won't maybe possibly make one without a connect. Right. Well, so you don't have to ship in your entire console. You just have to ship in the Connect. Okay. So okay. yeah. So they're you know they're separate components, and they'll they'll. Matter of fact, I actually had and and shout out to uh, to Microsoft's uh, uh, support team because my chat headset broke, and it just it just stopped working, and I contacted them, and it was under warranty. So my twenty dollar chat headset was replaced by them. And I got it in less than a week. Um, actually, it was like three or four days. It was it was pretty amazing. And uh, my friend, whose whose connect stopped working, he got that back within within a week. But it was a very very long week for him, um, chatting chatting on his headset, but not being able to do not being able to navigate his Xbox One in the most efficient way because. In order to navigate your your Xbox efficiently, you need the Connect. In order to be able to say Xbox on and use the quick startup where it's on in 15 seconds and it recognizes you right away, you need your Connect. Um, it is, it is. If you don't even wind up gaming, you'll still use your Connect 
if you've got your if you've got your entertainment center hooked up through the connect uh, through the Xbox the way that Microsoft the Lords at Microsoft wants you to, um, it is it the connect is the most integral part of that. That is that is Voltron's head that connect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so. it's also good to hear the the that Microsoft have have gotten themselves together in that customer service realm. Yeah, when, yeah, when yeah. 360s were breaking yeah. left and right, yeah. and they had to scramble to get the coffin yeah. stuff together, and it would take you at least a couple of weeks to get your stuff back. Yeah. It seems like they've figured that part out. Oh yeah, they in, definitely in have. Way. Definitely have. Kudos to them. They've they've definitely learned their lesson in that space. That's good. Um, I'm happy they to hear haven't. That. They haven't learned their lessons in other spaces, but we'll talk about that much later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that in a second. Um, uh, second topic today on the on the shoe devil is how Killer Instinct will now put you in jail. I saw this story on Kata- on Polygon and Kotaku and everywhere else, and said, "What is that about?" And then when I read it, I said, "This is genius. They need to do yeah. this on every fighting game yeah. possible." So <clears throat> basically, it breaks down into rage quit hell <laughs> and you basically get thrown into rage quit hell if you're a person who goes into a match gets their ass beat and then decides to pull the plug so if you pull the plug enough if over 15 percent of the time you pull the plug then they'll just lobby you with all the other rage quitters in your own rage quit hell and then you all have to fight each other to get out basically you have to be on good behavior and fight can your be way only back. one yeah it's like it's like kratos but for for killer instinct hell to climb your way back up out of Hades just to get to play with other people who aren't douchebags all dicks enter one dick leaves <laughs> you know what i mean so i thought that was interesting i think it's a really cool way to to, to deal with that and i want that to be something that other games will kind of incorporate into the into the way that they look at their online matchmaking too because they from what i read they said that you can basically be in there if you do it enough up to a whole week and you have to basically wait a week to get out that's yeah. dirty yeah. but it's yeah. awesome it's at the same awesome. time it really is i don't it's know great. it's crazy that, well you know it kind of harkens back to what i said you know to one of the things that i said in, in episode one about where we are in the gaming space um, with with the with all of the games being connected to the internet and the their them being these living breathing organisms essentially that the, the developers can go back and massage and 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 coddle and cajole cajole a cajole sorry um it, into into something more evolutionary and this is this is double helix doing exactly that right right now yeah um yeah i don't know it's hard it's hard to determine i haven't played it yet i think i want to play it now even more once i get an x1 just because i know that they did this i think it's gonna be one of those things where i you have to i don't know i've never been a rage quitter though have you been a rage quitter before no 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 you know i've raged But I'm a rage. I'm a rage finisher. But I don't quit. Right, I don't right. quit. I will, I, never, I, will, I will. I will continue my rage. I will not quit through my rage. Yeah. Listen. There. It's. It's. It's a rough life. Live growing up on the the mean streets of Chicago, and one thing that you learn is you finish what you start. That's right. So. So you know, if you are coming here, you come. You come to Chicago. You don't quit. <laughs> you, you're here to stay. <laughs> It's going to be one of those things, too, where I, I wonder 
if because another thing that always happens in fighting games is basically there's a lot of balance changes that have to happen right, right. so you need to want and, and the way that they've put that game out it's piecemeal a little bit you get a couple of characters up in the beginning and then through dlc they'll put out new characters later on so As they did yesterday with spinal Right, who like crowd so, f- crowd favorite old school KI like mainstay spinal right? Right. So I wonder, you know, when I used to play Injustice a lot, there would be a lot of balance changes that would make people either switch characters. You'd find a bad matchup, and you wouldn't want that matchup to be the one that you play. So sometimes people rage quit, you know. Right. So I wonder if when they come out with these balance changes and all those parts start to evolve, if that's going to add to that whole thing or will it make people kind of step their game up and play different characters that they usually wouldn't play or would it be something where they kind of stick it out and just take L's and and I also wonder how that's going to play into people's scoreboard you know because there are a lot of leaderboard kind of like I don't want to say leaderboard horrors because they, they are though right, but people right. who people who kind of just wanted I have to be the top I will do everything I need to do to be number one on the leaderboard. And this is, and that's kind of a way to, to keep your, keep your losses down is to kind of jump out of, in, in mid fight. So I don't know. I wonder how that's going to play. Well, I, well, you know, I think, I think what you're going to wind up happening is you're going to have a much more realistic, a less airbrushed version, if you will, of the leaderboard. Um, where where it's going to be, you're going to see some blemishes. People aren't going to have, you know, they're not going to be on 60 game, 60 match win streaks unless they actually earn that. And that's what you're going to be able to look at when you go into the Killer Instinct leaderboard and you look at the guys that are up there. You're going to see guys and gals, people, um, that you're going to look at it and you're going to see that these people have really busted their hump to get to the top of it. And and I, I, I personally really, really like that. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. We'll see what happens with that. Um, I, You know, we kind of skipped over a couple of things on that previous topic that I think we should kind of yeah. bounce back to. Sure, sure. Um, Are you excited for Halo 5? Actually, actually, wait, you know what? Better yet, are you excited about a Halo 2 remake? Uh, Yes. Yes and no. Because Halo 2 was probably story wise was a great a great sequel to Halo. Right. Um, so so I think I would really, really enjoy going back in and diving into that story again. Um, and and again, uh, the original Halo anniversary was really great. The 343 did a really good job of of bringing that story back and and really polishing up what in my mind was already a great looking game but right. now in retrospect looks like crap um, <laughs> and so they really did a great job of polishing it up and making it look really really good so i would love to see them do the same thing to to halo 2 and it would be fun to go in and play with a friend or a couple of friends uh the co-op the co-op campaign again um the thing that kind of kind of scares me is that th- that's what three four three has been spending their time on. That they've been spending their time on polishing up Halo Two and not necessarily working on Halo Five. Because I have put this in put this in your databanks too, Internet. 
I have very little to zero confidence that we will see Halo 5 this year. Really? How long do you think it's going to take? You know, I, I, I don't know. And that's that's part of the crux. I think it'll definitely be out in 2015. And generally, and this was a Bungie thing, generally it came out around September, October every year. Um, but, you know, the big games are supposed to come out in November. But my prediction is, gun to my head, November, uh, no, September 2015. Oh, wait a minute. You just called dates? Yeah. What, what do you think so, this is? I'm throwing down the gauntlet, son. Yo, it's happening. That is some bold yes. shit. 9-15. What? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe nine fifteen fifteen. Maybe. All right. I don't folks. know what. I don't know what date that is. Plus or minus fifteen days. That gives me the whole month. Oh, see, that's some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that's some bullshit. That's some bullshit. How you gonna back? How you gonna call a date and then and then backtrack and give it the craziest buffer of all time? Yes, oh, that's look, bullshit. Right. Look. Look. I, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not Patrick Ewan out here. Oh. I ain't posting no. Posting no, uh, post no uh, guarantees that. That can't be can't be guaranteed. That's messed up. Hashtag hashtag pancake cancer. Oh, uh, <laughs> what we have to talk about that. So something. all right, all right. So Wait, so so Patrick Ewing, um, one of the greatest Knicks of all time, w- once um, is is popularly known to have been illiterate graduating from Georgetown, which which was really sad. But he he learned how to read, and that's great. It's a great triumphant story. But his his ability, his elocution skills were not necessarily the greatest. And he once did a PSA, a public service announcement, for pancreatic cancer. And it's a difficult word to say for those people who do know how to say it. But for Patrick Ewing... He said, I want to talk to everyone about the difficulties of pancake cancer. So so, hashtag pancake cancer to everybody and have a pancake cancer day. Oh, man. Poor Patrick Ewing. Yes. He he had small hands for a center and pancake cancer. Yes. Oh, that's so bad. So when we do our second cast that is nothing but sports. We we will have to come back to that because that's not that's funny. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh man, that's terrible. Yeah. So speaking of things that are also semi difficult to enunciate or to say, I played a really dope game that is uh, a review for the site. A review on on the site. I'm sorry for a game that came out this past week called Ali Ali. Oh man, I can't get a pancake cancer. I'm sorry. That, that was a great review, by oh, the way. Oh my god, thank you, man. I appreciate it. It the game is great. The game is dope. It is lit up to everything that I thought it would. Um, it's a it's coming out of a, a pretty small studio out in uh, the UK uh, called Roll Seven, and they basically made the Tony the two D Tony Hawk Cannabalt mashup. And it's ridiculously dope. You, please read the uh, the review on the site because it just adds so many things to the Vita uh, in, a, in, a, in a way that is not seen in a lot of other games because it's perfectly fit for that platform. It's it, let me give you a quick rundown. So basically, it's like a side scrolling endless runner with, that actually has an end. 
and it's score based. Your left stick is uh, one where you do little holds or flicks or spins, and it'll give you uh, tricks. You can add more uh, variety to that by hitting the left, the left and right bumpers or triggers. Those, that'll add some spins to it. And then it's all predicated on how you land your trick. So when you land your trick, you have to time it so that you, as soon as you hit the ground, you hit the X button. And then once you do that, that's when you get how many points you got for that particular string of tricks. It is so ridiculously addictive. It's so much fun. I love that game right now. It's getting super massive burn on my Vita right now because <laughs> it's one of those things where, you know, a lot of games where you mess up and you and then you have to like go through four menus to get back to where you were. Right, right. It's instant pick up and play. So as soon as you die, quote unquote die, you go directly and hit a, a restart button. and You're right back to where you were because it's all about rhythm, right? So okay. the so the rhythm of how you pull off a trick and where you where the the, the board lands you basically is super important because once you start, you'll get you you know you'll start you'll die you'll start you'll fall you you'll, you'll start and you'll mess up and you trying to get as many points as you possibly can in this one run. And you'll notice that the more that you catch specific airs off of certain grinds and all those bits and pieces is that your score will go up a lot. And it needs that time to get your rhythm under you so that you can do it the best run that you've done. Um, so yeah. is it is it pat upon the skateboard game? Uh, well, yes and no in the way that pat upon was, uh, you know, again, it was basically a, mu- a music rhythm game. Um and that was different in the way that you had to consistently keep a rhythm to get your to get your patapons to do certain things. This one is more about trick, land, trick, land. But in the between those tricks, the landing is where you have to get your balance right and get your okay. and get your rhythm right. Okay. Um, it's super audiovisual. It's like a two D eight bit style, which is really pretty. Wow. Um, but the highlight besides the game of there's two things I really, really like. They took a big chunk out of what Spelunky did right with their dailies. Okay. And their daily okay. system is awesome because you can practice your run beforehand. And that makes a huge difference. It makes a cause I, I play Spelunky a lot. Right. And that's that's a lot due to all the streams that I've seen of people doing their daily runs and, and all the crazy <laughs> that, you, that you can find, even though I kinda suck at it. Um but this one you can totally do a practice run first, and it may and like I wrote in the review, it it's more troublesome and more treacherous when you do your actual <laughs> practice run because then you get really good, and as soon as it's time to go for real, you fuck up so quick. <laughs> and I'm like, I've messed up so many good runs that I've had like crazy amounts of scores, like hundreds of thousands of points in score, and then I do it in the the, the daily run and I screw up and and mess up in like the first two tries, and I'm like, I mean the first first two two grinds or whatever. So it's, it's amazingly dope. Um, this is, this has never happened to me. Yeah. I was like, I, 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 I swear. I, I thought I did it. And then, right. pan, and then pancake cancer came. Right. Right. And then, and then, and then, I, and then I messed up. Yeah, right. So, so I, I don't know. It's one of those games. It's like 13 bucks, I think on the store. Um, yeah. I would advise people to try it out and buy it and play it. And if you know someone who has a Vita who has it, then to do that. Um, and the second part of all the, amazingness that actually is Ali Ali right now is the music. The music on that game is one of the best like collaborative efforts of putting together a soundtrack that fits a game's gameplay perfectly. Right. It's like various genres, dubstep, 
kind of stuff like bebop jazz straight hip-hop all these bits and pieces that that all fit together and make you it like hypes you up for your runs which i didn't think that a, a game would do in a long time but they figured out a way to like find the songs that go really well with that game and it's it's dope it's super yeah. dope yeah yeah that's so. that's that's an underrated thing i think is is finding is having someone understand music well enough to go in and and marry a a gameplay with a soundtrack right um and and when when it's done right you you recognize and and Ali Ali is doing it right and when it's done wrong there you know some games like Madden um oh, excuse me man. that that uh that uh you know you you also recognize i mean 2K13 <laughs> Jay-Z yeah, right right <laughs> ru- ruined the music of that right. game by putting his terribleness all over it. Jigga. Yeah. Jigga. Oh yeah. I was like, you know, you just ruined that game. You yeah. just ruined yeah. it. You ruined. Yeah. Ruined. Yeah. Ruined. Ruined. Hashtag ruined. R U N T. T. Ruined that game. I just want you to know. 2K Sports, he ruined it. Don't let him ever touch the soundtrack again. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. But again, I I can't emphasize more how awesome the music is in that in that uh soundtrack. There is a link to a um playlist a, a youtube playlist that has all the music in it on the site in the story so please check it out and let us know what you thought about it and how the music was in that bad boy because it was super dope speaking of super dope it's time for our music break and oh uh, yeah yeah this is a close personal friend of mine and we'll just let you get into it and then we'll talk about it after the break all right we'll be back after the break Without you, babe Appreciate so many things about you, babe It would be hard for me to breathe without you, babe I'll be down on my knees without you, babe Big screens, magazines The only place where pretty faces can be seen She my queen Head of my team, since a teen, she's been running through my dreams. Now I buy her mates and expensive drinks. Every time she blink, another diamond link. Though in the kitchen sink, I'm buying properties. We on a shopping spree, she burning hot for me. I touch her properly, she's always in the mood. She got an attitude, I give her gratitude. Then give her longitude, cause I'm that stronger dude. I'm not that corner dude, I'm not jump right on a dude. guys enjoyed that that was the bronx's own gorilla palm don most with appreciate you yeah bx all day every day yeah all day son yeah yeah, yeah. 145 exactly. on the concourse yeah yeah exactly the 718 <laughs> <laughs> oh god I haven't, uh, I, haven't, I haven't remembered when people actually rep the 718 for real right. for real 
in such a long time. It's been years. I still get crap. I still get crap because I moved to Brooklyn. Oh, I'm sorry, to Bracago. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, people give me crap because I moved down there and, and don't rep the Bronx anymore, which is yeah. not true. I still rep the Bronx. It's just too far. That's it. Yeah, well, there it is. There it is. My cousin, my cousin, uh, he lived in he lived in Brooklyn. He lived in Coney Island. Shout out to uh, Brian Riddick. I put your government out there. Come uh, out to play. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> lived in Coney Island. We lived in Coney Island together. And then I moved from Coney Island to uh, Roosevelt, Long Island. Shout out to the Velt, uh, you know, Rough Riders. And uh, now we're talking, you know, 25 minutes drive. He would never come out to visit me because it's all the way out <laughs> to Long Island. Now, for those of you who know, Brooklyn is actually on Long Island, but they try to front like, you know, it's like California to get there. Please don't let my wife know that you just said that on the podcast because <laughs> she knows I'm, I'm when you're from New York. I don't know if most people know this. Most people in New York are absolutely terrible about geography. <laughs> and I am one of those people. And I will randomly just blame it on my public school system education, <laughs> which is not fair because that's just straight mental laziness. But she will get in my behind because she's from the Midwest about geography and all those bits and pieces. So please, I will scrub yeah. this part out of the podcast so that she will not hear it. Right. Okay. And please, no one else on Twitter and all the other social media shout at me about geography because I will block you, <laughs> block you as spam. <laughs> but you are nothing but the devil. You are nothing but the devil. Talking about geography on my right. podcast, it's right? True. Oh man. So so um, so you talked about before the break. We had a little bit of stuff about Microsoft and uh, some of the games that hopefully will be coming out. But there's another one that is the hugest, biggest game that I think Microsoft has coming down the pipe, and that is Titanfall. Um, and you had some time with the beta, right? I know I didn't have time with the beta what? and actually I, so all right well let's let's talk about that so if you go to or as you first read and possibly learned on the spawnpointblog.com um from yours truly the the Titanfall beta has been announced um but there haven't really been any details given outside of the fact that it'll be available for Xbox One and PC owners only. Oh, okay. Um but it's coming hot on the heels from the the very 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 well received Titanfall Alpha which which was closed which yours truly was a part of. So, uh, okay, okay, so okay. I got to play with, you know, there may have been maybe 10,000 people um, throughout the world that was that, you know, outside of Respawn that had were able to play uh, Titanfall on the for the Alpha weekend. And let me tell you, I've been reading since E3, since it was announced and, and people started talking about it, uh, I've been reading and watching lots of people who have had hands-on with it talk about what a great game it's going to be, how much fun they they had playing it, and how you know everyone needs to look out 
and talk, you know, look out for this game. And I can tell you here for a fact that it was not hyperbole. Oh my effing G. <laughs> this, <laughs> this game was, it was the warm pair of slippers that you've had all your life, but they were reupholstered. So the, all the parts that were broken down and annoying weren't broken down and annoying anymore. If that analogy fits, cause man, it, it feels like Call of Duty. It feels like the, the game that you've been playing for years. It's the shooter, but they balanced it out and you've got these giant mechs and it looks beautiful. And it's just, it's, ooh, ooh, it, it's, oh man, it is great. Um, and I, I also want to say before, you know, before I say anything else, I want to talk about what fucking geniuses we are on this show, because in episode one, we were talking about the big controversy about Titanfall, which was the six on six gameplay and only being able to have 12 humans in a room at the same at one time. And and for those of you who listened to the first podcast, we talked about how They've always, you know, they've come back, they being Respawn has come, have come back and said, this will, it'll still be frenetic, it'll still be fast paced, you'll always feel like there are people around, and man, it was, that was right on the money, because that was exactly what my play experience was. Um, even if there wasn't a full room of 12, it still felt like it was a full room of people playing the game. Um and even so the, the thing that's crazy about it is I'm super excited for this game. I can't wait for it to come out. I can't wait for the beta uh, announcement to to really materialize so that I can get myself and, and line up and be a part of the beta as well. Uh, but the, the, the thing that's really fantastic is in the alpha, all we had was one mech of the three announced mechs so far, one mech, two maps and two game modes. And I can't, I could not stop playing it. I put in an, in a weekend, I probably put 25 hours into the game. Wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was insane. So let insane. me, so let, let me ask you a couple of questions while, while, sure. while you're on like the soapbox of Titanfall, which is good. <laughs> I mean, I'm really happy to hear it. I'm really excited because that is one of the games that I am wanting to buy an Xbox One for, right? So, how was like the, let me think, the flow, like, cause the, the biggest thing that people have been talking about is the ground soldier versus mech confrontations. I can't talk today. Confrontations. Okay. I'm sorry. And how the dynamics pancake play. Cancer. Yeah, yeah, pancake <laughs> cancer. But how, how how the dynamics are between the forces on the ground and the mechs that are on the ground, but like ten times your ten times bigger right. than you, right? Um, it, was it something in where you felt in where you felt like you could take on a mech if you were not in a mech? Did it feel like you were just outmanned and outgunned every time you were? You know, could you go into some of that and explain how the dynamics work? Sure. So so one of the ways that I explain it to a lot of people is, is for those people that oh, first, first and foremost, let me say that the game is incredibly balanced. And, you know, so I'll, 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 I'll start there. And I will say that for those, for those of you listening who are 
experienced Battlefield 4 players, when you go out and you have a class that doesn't have anti-armor weaponry, you're SOL when armor comes around. Right. And, you know, it's a problem. Only only thing you can do is run and hide and hope they don't see you. In Titanfall, every pilot, which is the the human, the human that um, that runs around, has a anti-Titan weapon that they can use. And so if you see a Titan, you can't stand toe to toe with the Titan. But you can definitely, you definitely feel like you're still a part of the fight. You're not running and hiding. You're running for a better vantage point so that you can attack the Titan without, you know, without the Titan necessarily seeing you. Because if he sees you, he can step on you or he can grab you. And he's got, you know, obviously he's got bigger and badder weapons than you do. So if he shoots at you, you're probably going to die. But, if you're if you're um you're on a team and you see an opposing titan and a a friendly titan comes around that friendly titan can be fighting the the bigger titan and you can definitely help and sometimes actually get credit for the kill on the on the uh opposing titan um also let me while while we're talking about it anyone who's seen the E3 demo from uh, for Titanfall was excited about one thing and one thing only, or most excited about one thing and one thing only, and that is jumping on the back of a Titan, ripping open the head, <laughs> and shooting shooting the brains out to make it explode. Let me tell you that it never, ever, ever gets old, or at least it didn't get old in the 25 hours that I was playing it. I only got more proficient at doing it and I just wanted to do it more and more. It it's so so satisfying. It's really really good. Wow, really that's, really good. That's yeah, a, that's a really big endorsement. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. one of those things where people, you know, when we had the Battlefield beta that came out, right? People jumped on it and they talked about how, you know, it feels a lot like everything else I've already played. Right. From from what I've heard, anyone who's even touched Titanfall has said this is revolutionary and exactly what it's trying to do and it's accomplishing what it right. said it would right and that's that's pretty right. exciting to hear right. especially because respawn is coming out of nowhere not, right. n- not really right. coming out of nowhere they have a pedigree but it's also trying to reestablish themselves in the in the genre again right. and come out strong right um right. so that's really good to hear yeah. that's crazy yeah, I- that- go ahead i'm sorry I- I'll-, I'll say without exaggeration that it was the best pre-release bit of game that i've ever played Hmm. so you know you know i've played lots of betas before um and and the battlefield battlefield 3 and 4 betas come to mind um which which aren't polished at all this alpha was more polished than battlefield betas wishes wishes they they could be um and and what I've heard is that it was only running at 25% graphics, whatever that means. Right. It right. was really, really beautiful. Um, it worked really well. The AI guys were there. And, you know, one of the things that I know a lot of people worry about is the AI guys were there, 
but they weren't very smart. And I'm sure that had a lot to do because the, the alpha was about testing network and, and, you know, making sure that they could do a stress test on the system prior to this, you know, the, the beta that I'm sure that they were planning anyway. Um, but, but, you know, prior to doing all of that stuff, they wanted to do a, a, a much smaller test, get a bunch of people in, stress it out see what kind of bugs they can find when they do certain things. And they really weren't worried about what the AI was like. The AI was dumb, but I'm positive that this isn't going to be the AI that you play in the beta and definitely not the AI that, that you'll have in the final game. So, so so how was the speed of the game? How was the verticality of the, of the gameplay? Because I saw that that's a huge part of it, you know, running up walls and running through, right. jumping through buildings and flying on right. jetpacks. How, how did that feel? It was frenetic. It was, it's, it's one of those things that I've, it's, it's very, very rare to have a E3 gameplay snippet be as indicative or as true to, true to reality as the Titanfall test was and and part of it has to do with the fact that it was the same two maps so we you know we haven't i didn't see anything new i didn't see anything that anyone hasn't already seen but i you know i was able to get in run across a wall and then jump and run across another wall and then double jump across the street to you know another platform and lift myself up and jump through, you know, and run through a hole, grab a guy's head and snap it and twist it all the way around in the melee kill. Um, and then, you know, karate kick an AI dude, uh, jump on the back of a, a Titan um, or even a friendly Titan and help him shoot. And then jump off of that Titan, double jump onto another opposing Titan and rip the, the brains out of it and shoot and kill that. Um, so, you know, all of that, all of that stuff happened. Um, the, the part and all of it happened within this multiplayer that is a narrative for the actual game. Like this is the, the campaign is the multiplayer. So at the end of every match, like before the match, there's, there's, uh, you know, a dropship moment or there's, you know, some kind of NPC that's talking to you about what your motivations are for going to do whatever it is that you're doing in this particular moment. Um, and that the, at the end of every match, whoever wins stays and they keep that section. The losers have to get to their dropship and get the F out. Um, so there's an extraction point and you're trying to frantically make it to the extraction point and there's a countdown. And if you can make it to the ship, um, you get into the ship and you can defend defend the ship from attackers before the ship takes off. And if, you, if you're able to take off, you make it to the epilogue, you fly away, and you get extra points. But if you die before you get to the ship, you're dead, and you just get to watch everybody else try and make it. Or um, they can, the opposing team, the winning team, can destroy the ship before it gets out of there and everybody dies. 
Um, so <laughs> that yeah. sounds crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's out of control. It's out of control, and I loved every second of it. That sounds so dope. Yeah. I'm yeah. so man. You've raised the hype level way past where it was before. Because <laughs> that's the thing. I haven't had a chance to touch it, but I've I've been hearing all these rumblings and stories, and it's like the Blair Witch in some ways. Like you hear about right. it and you're like, I want to see it. <laughs> right. I want to see it. I want to be, I want to play around. I want to go. Right. That's crazy though. Do you, do yeah. you feel like there, I mean, of course it was an alpha. Um, and of course it's like nowhere near being done, but is, is are there some things that you, that when you played it, you can absolutely see some uh, improvements uh, upon gameplay and, and other bits and pieces. Are there things that you wanted that you didn't get? Uh, the weapons that you really like to play around with that you that you thought were going to be like the ones the go to weapons stuff like that. Um, well, so one of the weapons that they had was this smart pistol that would lock on to up to five different targets, and um, with one pull of the trigger, one pull of your trigger, it would hit all of those targets, and that was really awesome. Um, but the, the, it worked well against, it worked well against AI guys, NPCs, but not as well against the pilots, human pilots, which I think worked out really well. And I think the balancing was really, really well done. The problem that I had with the game was that there were two maps and, you know, two game modes. So, you know, one was a, t- a TDM, team deathmatch. And the other was a conquest, you know, here's a point, grab the point, capture the point. We, you know, we get to the predetermined point threshold and then the game was over. Okay. Um, and, you know, so the, so the, the, the only trepidation that I have about the game is that I don't know anything about the game. I've played this game. It feels amazing. Everything about it is screams to me the Call of Duty killer that everybody is trying to create. Um, but I don't have any game modes. I, there's nothing outside of this, this very, very real proof of concept um, with it, with, in the case of this alpha, um, but everything else. So, you know, you've got your AI guys need to get better and I need to know more about the game. I need to know what the game modes are. I need to know, um, I need to be able to see what the, the, differences are between the three the three mechs that they've announced and i want to know what the maps are um and then outside of that i'm ready to go i'm ready to go sign me up so i heard uh interesting um kind of discussion being had on the internet uh a couple days ago about titanfall where people were talking about since the game does not have a single player how difficult it is to kind of convey what's going on in the world and the settings and all those bits and pieces uh, in trailers and how you're going to market that for the PR. Um, do you, you know, in the time that you played it, you know, we all know that the game has, you know, most shooters have really bad stories. So it's, it's easy to kind of get lost in, in, in the narrative when there really is a bad narrative to have. Um, so do you think that with the multiplayer uh, game side of it, and it just being multiplayer, if that's going to be an issue for them trying to market this game, do you think it's going to be kind of difficult to get people to see other sides of that game besides just the multiplayer and say, well, I don't know if I want it because there isn't a single player story and it's hard for me to get in, invested in the world? Well, 
Yes and no. Yes and no. So if if you're the type of person who the only plays single player and, and doesn't like playing with people, if you know, if you're you're the guy who likes to play with his toys and and you know all by himself, then you may not want this game. Although I will say that for the lone wolves in the world, you can definitely lone wolf this game and and still feel feel like you're doing it doing it by yourself but for those of those you know for those of us who want to play with a group because of the uh, because of all of the ai guys there you still feel like you're part of an army um i think if they if they decide to just the beginning of the game you start it up and they give you this prelude mm-hmm. where where this is this is the setting this is what's going on. This is the world. This is what's happening. Um, and this is what's led us to this. Right. You know, they created these Titans. The The rebel group got some Titans. And everybody's got a Titan. You've got a Titan. And then you've got a Titan. And uh, they set that up and then move forward and go into the game and then have little narrative bits within each mission I think enough people will get the narrative like it it will be there and I I think that in in my opinion I think works better than these thrown in single player you know a la Battlefield 4 a la Call of Duty where they have to come up with this convoluted story to try and make people feel like they're you know the make them feel like there's a there's a level of interest there and that you have to feign it in order in order for you to kind of get through that single player the single player campaign they just kind of they they get rid of that and and I think they have a really golden opportunity to show the battlefields and the call of duties this is how it should be done going forward okay okay that's good to, i mean that's a good perspective cuz i Although I don't think it was something that I in particular was worried about. I thought it was right. an interesting conversation that was had and it was something that where people kind of didn't necessarily know how to think about the game besides just the multiplayer. You know, is this just the multiplayer game? Because that was something that I think a lot of people kind of wanted. Right. You know, with the Call of Duty series period. They were right. like in Battlefield 2. It was like, you guys make right. shitty stories. Right. Why do you need to continue to make shitty stories? Right. Just make a multiplayer part. Right. Um, but hearing that people are like, no, but I like it. Right. I'm like, who are you people for one? Right. And two, right. <laughs> is that, are you sure this is what you actually right. want? So, right. Right. Well, the, to, to me, there hasn't been a conceptually good single player campaign story since Homefront. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, which totally. was, which was written by the guy who wrote Red Dawn, which was a great movie, the Swayze one. Right. Not the, not the Liam Helmsworth one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, Spec Ops um, Align was really good too. Oh, yes. Yeah, Spec Ops Align also. Yes. So Spec Ops Align, which you could have gotten on PlayStation Plus, um, <laughs> <laughs> was a great, a fantastic story. And I never played the multiplayer. So, so, for me, Spec Ops Online was a single player game. Right. Um, with a with a fantastic story. And then Homefront was a multiplayer game where I, I paid attention to yeah, where I paid attention to the single player. Um 
And, uh, so, so that, those two games, but Call of Duty and the Battlefield, like the really popular ones, I never, I never play those single players. I, you know, I pass through them just because, and unless there is some incentive, like there's going to be a gun or something yep, that totally. I can use in the multiplayer, <laughs> totally. then, then I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to play that. And they just, and, and what Respawn has done is kind of said, Hey, look, everybody knows, Hey, you know, Hey, this is, it's, it's a shot across the bow to EA's other property in, you know, to dice and to infinity ward and Treyarch and right. just basically say, Hey, look, you're wasting your time with these campaigns. Everybody knows you're wasting your time. We're going to show you how to do it the right way. And I, and you know, maybe I'm putting the cart before the horse because we, you know, we really don't know. That's, you know, the, the devil's in the details and we don't have many, very many when it comes to Titanfall. But I right. really believe based on the intelligence and the thought that was put into how the game is balanced and how the game plays, I, I, I think that the same level of thought and intelligence will, will be thrown into, uh, how they actually put Put the narrative together for the for the for the game overall. Okay, yeah, I totally agree. We'll we'll see. It's it's an unknown entity. We're right. still trying to figure out <clears throat> what respawn brings to the table besides their Call of Duty pedigree. Right, and I wish them luck. I mean, it's hard to launch a new IP, especially in that shooter genre, right. where all there are so many throwaway shooters that come out every year. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how all those bits and pieces work yeah yeah well i i will say this i will say this much internet you've got six weeks if you don't already have one to get your 560 dollars together because you will if you enjoy shooters even even in a passing way you will love this effing shooter let me tell you this this thing this is it this is it make no mistakes where you are the waiting is over Hashtag Kenny Loggins. Okay. <laughs> so wait a minute. All right, hold on. So far we've had hashtag runt. Right. Hashtag pancake cancer. Right. And hashtag Kenny Loggins. There you go. On there episode you go. two of the Spawn on Me cast. Yep. Coming straight to you from Chicago. Oh my God. There I don't is. know. I don't even know what to say with it. I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with that. At all, right? At all, I don't know. Well, well, you know, we 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 got to we got to big everybody up because <laughs> because if if we don't, who will? I don't know. Kenny Loggins. Kenny exactly. Loggins will be the one to big everybody up. Yep, yep. There it is. We'll big everybody up. But it's fun. It's funny that I don't know. It's weird because people talk about getting bigged up all the time, and it's it's hard to give people positive information. Right. And positive stances, which we try to do. Right. Um, but there was a hate-filled spoof that came out. I shouldn't say hate-filled. It was massively tongue-in-cheek um, that talked about EA this week. Or it was EA either last week or, or the beginning of this week. And it was one of the funniest things I've seen in a long time. Um, I think, I think actually, I think we should play a clip from it. Or we might just play nice. the whole thing and let you hear it. We'll put a link in the uh, show notes on the po- on the post when it goes up, but we're gonna run it really quick so you can hear it if you haven't heard it already. And uh, 
We'll just come back from after that and, and, yeah. and see what the deal is because it was hilarious. It was hilarious, and I hope someone from EA is listening to the show so that they can hear it because the tongue was in cheek, but we need to take it out of the cheek for you guys because it's, it's shots fired to you guys, oh, definitely. Word. Hashtag Kenny Loggins. Yes. Oh. <laughs> so here it is. Tell us what you think. We're going we're gonna to come back right after this. And, oh, man, that's craziness. Hi, I'm John Riccatello, former CEO of Electronic Arts Incorporated. Over the past few years, EA has received a lot of complaints from its customers, specifically about our poorly optimized origin service, our always-on DRM, and us nickel and diming customers by releasing DLC that you unlock with money rather than skill. Well, I'm here today to explain exactly why the company went forward with all of these decisions. You see, Electronic Arts doesn't give a shit about its customers. We don't! We have more power than any other publisher in the video game industry, we own more developers than anyone else in the video game industry, and we can buy any score we want to off of IGN. Hell, we can completely control the video game market if we want to. We own the Madden series, the FIFA series, and so many other sports series, and all we need to do is just make a slight graphical upgrade and people will eat that shit right up. And as for our big AAA titles that actually have some level of originality to them, well, we don't care about those either. As long as we're making money, we're happy. Remember Mass Effect 3's terrible ending? You know, the one that absolutely no one liked? Well, we rushed them to complete the game in only two years as opposed to the three that it usually takes. Best part is, you guys blamed them. And don't forget about Dead Space 3, the game that completely forgot about the whole survival horror aspect of the game, and instead had $50 of on-disc DLC and microtransactions to upgrade your weapons. <laughs> You know, we made so many bad business decisions with that game, we were actually thinking of canning the whole series. No, seriously! And that brings us to our latest game, SimCity, that requires an always-on internet connection even for the single-player mode. Best part? During the first week it was so congested, no one could even play the game. They couldn't even connect to any other games on Origin. Yes, I know you guys voted it as the lowest rated item on Amazon, but we still sold 1.1 million units within the first week, so we don't care. Now that whole debacle is what caused me to step down as CEO of the company, and you weren't ever going to buy an EA game ever again! That is until we released our Battlefield 4 trailer, causing you to forget, lavishing praise on how good it looks despite the fact that it's the same shit all over again. Ha! You're such perfect little sheep, aren't ya? See, that's how we do business here at EA. Sure, it's a dumb business model, but we'll still be making money years from now, and honestly, there's nothing you can do about it. Unless you stop buying our games. But you're not smart enough to do that. You know why? Because you bought our games in the first place! Electronic Arts. Because fuck developers, fuck the customers, and fuck you. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was... Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> that was, I mean, that dude, whoever, oh man, they went in on that. That was good. That was good. Yeah, I was yeah. really, really, yeah. I laughed my ass off when I heard that because I was like, wow, that dude gave no fucks about yeah. EA in that, in, no. that, in that thing right there. And it was 100% truth right there, too. I feel, I feel bad yeah. because I feel like I've contributed to the fact that they have just given no fucks for the past couple of years with everything they do. Because I, right. I still buy EA games. Right. I still buy right. EA games. I mean, right. we cut it. We cut it a little bit short because it was a little bit long, and you can listen to the. We'll put the link in in the show, and you can hear the rest of it. Oh man, that was rough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, the 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 tragedy of it. 
um, is we just spent 10, 15 minutes talking about Titanfall, which also happens to be an EA game. Um, and, and, you know, and I compared it to Battlefield, which is also an EA game. Um, and, and I love those properties. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm starting to fall in love. I had a first date with Titanfall and I think it went well. You know, I think, you know, I'm going to give her a call in three days. And, uh, <laughs> oh, no, the three day, and, the three day right. thing. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see where it goes. And, and Battlefield, I have a, you know, I have a very, very, um, dysfunctional Bobby and Whitney love, love affair with because the, gr- the game is beautiful, but it smokes crack, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, it's, 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 you know, functionally just functioning. And in terms of like, it's just this side of being not being broken most of the time. And they, they just pushed out another update for the current gen Xbox One, PS4 consoles uh, recently. And it allegedly has gotten a little better, but it, it hasn't, you know, it's not we're now five months, five months removed from the release of the game and we're still talking about connectivity issues we're still talking about um you know drops and 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 things that you shouldn't be talking about five months into the release of a game and, and ea has had just a really rough 15 months when it comes to connectivity um and and they should be ashamed of themselves they really should they really should so so while you know i'm not necessarily pro griefing or pro trolling although you know it is fun um when when the shoe fits ea you're you're cinder fucking rella in this case <laughs> and and you de- and you deserve you deserve some of that you deserve to be able to to see that from people you deserve to have people kind of laugh and point at you um even even while they're buying your games you you know you've got to you've got to let people know that okay we're we're now in on the joke and we're going to you know we're going to do better we're going to try and do better because eventually we'll stop buying your shit do you, but that, okay so hold on a second do you think that's real i've played enough games i've played enough shitty games that have had bad online connectivity where if you come out with a property that I really like as much as I talk crap and I'm a huge proponent of, you know, making your voice known with your wallet. Right. And maybe I'm a little bit, you know, talking out of both sides of my mouth. Maybe I'm a little bit hypocritical when I say this is that I I've played a lot of bad EA games, but I'm feeding for Titanfall. Right. I can't lie. Like right. I, I know that there are games out there that I talk a whole bunch of crap about because the, the online connectivity is terrible. Their microtransaction stuff is awful. And two K fourteen. Yeah. And it's causing really, really bad <laughs> things to happen in the industry and it's really bad for us as gamers. Right. But you know, like two K fourteen, you did bring that up and it's I will totally buy the next game. There's a lot of bad stuff in that game. But there's also a lot of good stuff in that game, and it's giving them the ability to have missteps and knowing that they can make a really good product gives me hope that sometimes when they fuck up that you can still make up for it later on. Well, I I, I think so, you know, Madden, 
Well, EA has seen with Madden, and I think Activision is starting to see with Call of Duty, that you can't continue to recycle the same shit or you can't have this public-facing persona that you're recycling the same shit um, and and get away with it in, you know, in, in, uh, in perpetuity because... Madden isn't isn't selling as well as it normally, or it has as it as it's, uh, um, you know, whatever whatever's going on with you over there is now falling its way over the, <laughs> over here because I can't speak now too. Hashtag so, Kenny Loggins. Right, right. So, so you know, they're starting to see now that that they're you know the game sales aren't the same as they were um, for the first time in four or five years. Call of Duty isn't the wasn't the top selling game of the year last year. Grand Theft Auto Five was, right. um, and it didn't sell as well as. And you know, if it sold as well as Black Ops Two, then it probably still would have outsold GTA Five. But it didn't sell as well as Black Ops Two. Madden hasn't sold as well um, as it as it's had in the past. Um, but I think I think Madden Twenty Five on the um, next gen, current gen, whatever gen, X1, PS4 systems um, is a very, very good game. But fewer people are willing to give it a chance. And and if you if you talk around the internet's about Ghosts, Call of Duty Ghosts, you'll hear lots of negative, you know, lots of negativity about its online play. And about its graphical f- fidelity, so I think fewer people that would automatically fewer people there are going to be fewer people next year th- that just automatically say, "All right, whatever the next Call of Duty game is, I'm just going to go and get it because it's Call of Duty, and I go and get those games." I think fewer of those people are going to be around than were than were there the year before. So slowly but surely, I I think. They'll start to get and, you know, they'll start to hear and feel they being EA, Activision, the big the big publishers will start to hear and feel that that users and consumers are not going to be the sheeple that we have been in the past. Okay, I mean, I hope, man, it's difficult because it's one of those things where you hope that people understand exactly what the motivations are behind EA doing what they do. And most gaming companies behind doing what they do kind of goes back to the, the, you know, the conversation that we had last week, uh, or last episode with, you know, developers having good intentions, right? Right. Having good intentions of wanting to make good games and share and sharing those with the, the public, but also you have the, the conglomerates and the, and the companies who are saying, well, you know, we understand that you are a certain demographic and you will buy this game just because. Right. You know, so there's a weird in between in there where we as consumers have to figure out exactly what we're willing to put up with. And also, you know, snagging some of that money away from the developers and companies who are, who are definitely shortchanging us as, as, as gamers and consumers. So, you know, we hope EA, even though that was really funny, they, they still are kind of getting away with it and we're hoping that they change, but I don't know what the incentive would be for them to actually change if we are still paying for their game. So, right, right. yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's a really cool thing to think about when you are in the store and you're buying your game or you're about right. to click, you know, ship it to, to my house. Right. Um, right. 
So I don't know. It's good. Um, But on the other side of that, it's it's also cool to see how well the indie scene has been doing. Yeah. And and all the the, like really amazing games that have been coming out or are coming out uh, soon. Um, Even even this month there's going to be a really amazing um, uh, festival called Indicate East that I'm hoping that we'll be able to go to and, and speak to people. Cause they have, I went last year and it was, it was so much fun. Uh, I met uh, a whole bunch of crazy, amazing people. Uh, you know, like Sean Pierre who made rainbow bacon and, uh, Jenna Hofstein who, who made, um, who's, uh, running monster and glitch at the time. Um, you, you can actually see some of their videos and some of the interviews that we did from, uh, indicated East last year on the site too. But, there's a couple of games that I want to really get my hands on. Some people I'd love to speak to. Um, Tale of Tales made a game that I just played uh, this week uh, called Luxuria Superbia, which is, um, I don't, oh man, I don't even know how to explain this game without sounding dirty. <laughs> it's, yeah, baby. It's one of those, this is the quiet storm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a game that's a sensory kind of you know cornucopia of things it's like one of those one of those games which is supposed to make you feel things that you're not supposed to feel in a game especially if it's a tactile sensory music kind of combination of things it's 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 really fun i played it the other night it's kind of like sex on a game but not sex on the game because let me let me run it down for you so you have these tunnels, basically, and these tunnels are filled with art and music. So the 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 console, or I shouldn't say the console, the, the iPhone or iPad or whatever you're using it on, um, you can actually play it on Steam, too, uh, will tell you what it's feeling when you are touching it or interacting with it, <laughs> which is really weird <laughs> if you're playing it on the train. <laughs> because it's kind of talking dirty to you while music is playing in the background, which is another game with awesome music. But it's also telling you things that if you were to think about another person telling you to do things to their body, it's that kind of experience. <laughs> so like you put a finger on one of the edges of the the cylinder or whatever, and it'll say, touch me more. I like that. It won't phys- it won't say it in an auditory tone, but it'll it'll write it on the screen. It'll like blossom up through the bottom of the of the, of the screen and, and and tell you to do things to it. And I'm sitting there playing this thing, and I'm like, "This is some sexy shit." <laughs> I was surprised how you could convey those kinds of things in video game form, and it actually seriously work. Wow. So I'm I'm hoping wow. to the, the sister who who was a part of the team who runs it. Uh, Miss Miss Harvey, uh, I I need to try to contact her and speak with her. She's going to be uh, one of the keynote speakers at Indicate East this year, um, and I'm dying to speak with her about that game and a couple of other games that she and uh, Tales of Tales have made so far. So, you know, shout at her. You know, I'll I'll try to post uh, her her Twitter account and stuff and say, hey, make that happen. We want Spawn Point to to chat with you and do all that cool stuff. Um, so I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting. There's a lot, there's a lot of indie stuff that's coming out, and I'm hoping that Indie Katie's will give us more things to talk about on the cast and and share with you guys. Because I'm telling you now, that game is dope. And if that's just a small sample of all the cool stuff that I've seen so far, 
is going to be a fun, fun indie KDs this year. And that's happening on the 14th of this month. So that's coming up really quick. Yeah. yeah that, that's uh, it, the indie scene is, is great. And it's, it's always wonderful to be able to, to see what's what the, the imagination and the ingenuity of people that are unencumbered by, by, uh, quarterly reports and and stockholders you know and shareholder demands and that kind of stuff um to see what they're able to come up with because you know some things some things sound great in your drug induced state when you're <laughs> when you're thinking about it and creating it when you're popping so, mollies you know, right exactly and 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 some ideas don't but uh but being able to play those and and being able to experience those is part of what makes gaming and interactive media fun, um, and and it's Indicate is a celebration to, of of all of that. And I would recommend anyone who's in the tri-state area over Valentine's Day weekend to uh, to you know check it out, and and we'll make sure that we put the the Indicate website. Up in the in the show notes, so that you guys can take a look and see the information, see what's going on there. It's going to be a great time, and we hope to see you guys there. Yeah, that would be awesome. If you if you know that you're going and want to get up with us, um, tweet at me at Kajakins uh, on Twitter or at Spawn on Me or at the Small Point Blog. And let us know if you're going. Let us know if you're going to be there because we would love to chat with you and. Uh, hopefully we'll be doing some video interviews if I can get uh, the press passes to come through and my video crew to kind of step up and, and roll out. Um, that's going to be something that's going to be fun if it actually goes burr, burr, down. Word. Burr, burr. Word. <laughs> roll out. Yeah, roll out, right? <laughs> um, yeah, but I think uh, yeah, I think that's it for that, though. Because that, yeah. that's, that's exciting. But yeah. I wanted to ask one question of the audience of the community before we leave. Before we wrap up episode two, um, it is Black History Month. Uh, it is a month for everyone to celebrate the beautifulness of the black experience and black people. Um, and there have been some pretty decent black characters in games that have happened during our lifetimes. Um, so if there are any characters that you want to talk about, want to discuss, or that are your favorite black characters in games, I want you to tweet at us. And use the hashtag BHM Gaming, Black History Month Gaming, and send that to us so that we can discuss it maybe on the next show, or we can do an article about it, or I can tattoo it on my chest. That would be awesome. <laughs> um, so, so do we want to talk about this? Um, so there's, so this is. Like we said, this is our episode two. This is Beta Boogaloo. And we talked about one beta coming out, Titanfall. But there's another beta coming out that's that's coming around. Oh, yeah. I that, totally forgot about that. Thank you that, for catching that. Yeah, that, uh, you know, we we I'm personally very, very excited. The the Microsoft fanboy is very excited about. Um, and that is PlayStation Now. The hottest thing coming out of CES this year. Um, another, the second half of the story that hopefully you read first on the spawnpointblog.com uh, is, uh, 
is and in a in a title in a story titled brilliantly, I might add, betas, betas <laughs> everywhere, um, or everything's coming up beta. Um, in a in nicely a done. nicely done. Yes, is it in a nod to uh, Millhouse on The Simpsons? Um, but uh, yeah, PlayStation Now is releasing a beta. Um, and the, the, the invites are finally starting to trickle in via email to people so that they can get involved in PlayStation Now. And that's really, really exciting. You want to PlayStation, 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 please send me my beta code. Please send me a beta code. You know how badly I want to get into this PlayStation Now beta? I would, I would put cheese on it. It has cheese on it. Come on, hook a brother up. I'm not asking for much. I just want a beta code. Tap, tap, tap. Tap my right. arm. Beta right, code. right, right. I don't know. It's, I'm, I'm, I mean, it's one of those weird, I don't know. It's like Titanfall and PlayStation Now are two of the things that I'm so excited about. Right. And I'm like fiending beyond belief to get into. I'm like, oh, oh man. If, they, if I knew somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody. I would totally like figure out a way hook a brother up, like give me some codes, man. They actually put a quick. That's funny because they actually put a list out um, of some of the games that were supposed to come out uh, on PlayStation Plus and on PlayStation Now. I'm sorry, PlayStation Now. You're right. Um, that's the that's the funny thing that that kind of threw me off was. You know, the worst thing that's going to happen with PlayStation Now, because it's going to happen, is latency. So latency is going to be a huge issue. Right, right, right. And the list that um, they put out, I guess some people had already gotten their codes and have already checked it out. Let's go through it really quick. It's Killzone 3, first-person okay. shooter, which is going to be really difficult to emulate over Gaikai. Right. Puppeteer, which they already talked about in um, some of the showings that they had, which which worked already pretty well. Shadow of the Colossus, which is a really hard game not to emulate, but to play in a way that's consistent because we all know that, that game had really bad frame rate. So I don't know how they're going to kind of work themselves around that. Right. Uh, Papa, e- Papa EO. That seems pretty easy to, to kind of get around. It's a puzzle puzzle platformer kind of deal. Darksiders 2, which is interesting. Right. So Darksiders right. 2 is really interesting because that's in the, in the God of War vein. Right. And the God of War Ascension beta that they, I'm sorry, God of War Ascension game that they played, they said worked pretty fine. They said it worked well, and that was fine. Um, Disgaea? Yeah, okay, that's not that difficult. Ninja Gaiden 3? 3. That's, that's going that's to be, be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be interesting. Interesting. I can never say that word right. Interesting. And also, MX versus ATV Alive. That's going to be the biggest telling story. Right. Racing right. games on a Gaikai service are going to be a mother sucker to try to figure out how right. to work right? and keep the latency down where you don't feel that lag in your controller. So, again, PlayStation, hook us up with a beta. Hook us up with some beta codes because we can right. play it because I think they're running it only on PlayStation 3s at this point. Yeah. yeah, it's only on PS3 and you have to have at least a 5 MIPS uh, download speed for uh for your internet which is you know which is relatively low just yeah. about anybody who's got broadband has has got five mips so right. you know just about anybody can do it but uh you have to have a ps3 that's both of us let's let's make it happen word so yeah. someone at sony shane bettenhausen yeah. uh yeah yoshida Shuh- yeah Shuhei. Shuhei, Shuhei, hook it up 
Yeah. Um, let me see. Yeah. I'm gonna run that. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna run that. Right. Right. Oh. So yeah, if you if you yeah. guys know anybody who can hook us up right. with some beta codes, yeah. <laughs> hook us up. Yeah, yeah right. buddy. Right, right. I got, right. I got you, son. I got. So <laughs> right. brother back. Cicero from right. the left side of, Chicago, of Chicago, of Chicago, right? From the left side of Chicago, how do you feel we did today? Uh, you know, I think I think we are we are doing really really well. We are making it happen. We are hitting it out the park. Um, any other kind of Goofy sports analogies, platitudes that I can throw out there. Um, man, I'm 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 loving I'm loving the synergy. We're gonna change the paradigm. We're <laughs> <laughs> gonna change the game from the inside out. Yes, exactly. And if exactly. you if you are in the same vein as Brother Cicero, please let us know what you think of the show. Right. Send all emails, send all feedback to the Twitter accounts. Send right. it to feedback at the smallpointblog.com because we definitely loved the uh, both uh, good and bad feedback that we got from folks. And it was right. really helpful. It helped a lot on getting us tightened, uh, tightened up with all the things that we're trying to do and giving you information every couple of weeks about our world of gaming. So with that, again, we thank you all for, for, for coming by and checking us out. We need to thank you, and hopefully we'll see you back here in another two weeks on the Spawn on Me podcast. Yes. Thank you. Goodbye. Take care and peace. Peace.